0: This is WCN, the Whole Care Network, you talk, we listen. Content presented on the following podcast is for information purposes only. Views and opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent views of the Whole Care Network. Always consult your physician for medical and fitness advice. And always consult your attorney for legal advice. And thank you for listening to The Whole Care Network.
1: You know, I have days that sadness still comes to visit. And I sit with it. And I feel it. And I allow it. I don't let it move in. (laughs) That's my one rule. You can come and visit, but you're not moving in.
0: We all have our stories, and by sharing them, we can truly show the power of the human spirit. Hello, my name is Jody O'Donnell Ames, and welcome to the second episode. Gratitude to Latitude, stories of resilience and hope. Thank you so much for joining us. I am so excited for this episode. My guest today is Larice stuffy Larice is a life coach in New Jersey. She runs a supportive women's Facebook group called Rise, which I have been really enjoying, has over 2,000 followers. And she'll soon be joining the world of podcasting with her podcast, Aligned and Awakened. Welcome to the show, Larice, and thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you, Jody. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for asking
1: me. I'm thrilled.
0: Of course, of course. So you are the very first Larice I have ever met. I had to go to Google, check out the name and... I learned that it's Latin and it means symbol of victory. So I want to start by kicking off and saying that your name was really well chosen. Oh,
1: thank you. Thank you. Well, it's not uncommon that people have never heard of it before. And it is definitely a name that was very hard to get those fun little things when you were little. you know. My name too. <laughs> but uh, yes. Yeah. But it, it has been nice as I got older having a name that uh, is a little unique. I agree. I agree. I, I,
0: I remember those days. I couldn't get the toothbrush or the lunchbox that said Jody, Jody either. So <laughs> so I'm in that same club, Luis. Yes. Yes.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: well, yes. I wanted to kick off. Um, I know your your work is a mindful journey. Everything about you shines. And you are just an example of really what I'm talking about here, stories of resilience and hope and, you know, having gratitude in life to bring you to a a higher and better place in this world. We met through a common friend. His name is AJ. I'm going to make sure I tag him and he hears all about this. Oh, that would be wonderful! Yes, thank you, thank you, AJ. Yeah, absolutely. thank you, uh, AJ, <laughs> for introducing us. So, oh my gosh, that was what two months ago, but it feels like mm-hmm. yeah, it feels like I've We've known been, known you forever. Yes, it feels like we we were fast friends. Yes, absolutely, it's been wonderful. So, wonderful. how did perfect connection? How did that come about? I'm
1: trying to recall my my brother knows AJ. Okay, my brother, my oldest brother, Tony is a friend of AJ's and he connected us. Okay. Gotcha. And yeah, yeah. And he connected me to you. It's just been a wonderful trail, people that uh, have come into my life in the past few months. Well we
0: the three of us, meaning myself and you as well as AJ have all have something in common. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. would you mind sharing just what that is? Yes with me?
1: We have all had a loved one pass away of ALS. You know, as you know, Jody, for AJ, it was his father. For you and I, it was our husband. And ALS is a very difficult disease and a very tragic disease. Um, and for us, my husband was very athletic very healthy man, coached my sons in basketball, football and baseball, was very active and started to have um, very peculiar symptoms.
0: I want to stop you there for a second because sure. before we get into the grid of this, and okay, and of course, there's just so much to say, we could take hours, but did you, We're... when your husband who was also a Kevin, so my late yes. husband was Kevin yes. and your late husband was Kevin too, was diagnosed with ALS, did you know anything about it? Because I didn't.
1: No, the only thing that I knew about it was the ice bucket challenge. And I had no idea what exactly it meant when he was told, when we were told that it was thought he had the beginning stages of ALS. I did not know what that meant. What I was told was this is serious. And when my husband said, can you please give us all the details? He said, how much do you want to know? Which I thought was horrifying. And he explained to us, he explained to us what to expect. And it was a very scary, life-changing, earth-shattering discussion that I was not expecting. I thought we had gotten all the scary stuff out of the way. So this was quite a shock to both of us. So tell me
0: a little bit before we go into uh, more about the ALS aspects of it and, and how he learned he had it. Tell me more about Kevin. You were saying that he was a coach and athletic.
1: Yeah, he was not a big guy, but he was a mighty guy. And he was an amazing football player. He, he was just a wonderful athlete. And we have four boys. So he has his instant basketball team and is, is part of his infield for baseball. And he would play with the boys all the time, always their permanent pitcher and their quarterback and always playing with them. And I can remember him even coming home from some really long days of work and coming inside and, and I would say, Oh, I, you know, I, I'll warm your dinner up. And he would say, The boys want me to play outside for a while. So I'll be back in in about an hour and then I'll eat. He would always put off everything. Wow. To have the opportunity to play baseball with them or football or basketball, whatever it was, it didn't matter. He was a wonderful father.
0: So it was you and Kevin and four boys.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, there is a lot of... (laughs) testosterone <laughs> that I, I lived with uh, and still live with, but I enjoyed every minute of it, though. I'm
0: sorry that I never had the opportunity to meet him. He sounded, sounds like a wonderful man, husband, father. When most people remember him, what is the first thing that they remember?
1: His energy, his smile, his joy. Kevin was a singer. He was a good morning guy. He loved life. He was a happy person and he loved sports he loved playing sports he loved coaching sports he loved watching sports and he would light up a room he was funny and he was a wonderful husband he would tell the kids all the time have i told you today how much i love your mother he was a fantastic father and a great friend a great a great brother a great son you know a great son in law a great brother-in-law. He was just a really all-around wonderful person. He was kind, too. It's he clear, was really kind.
0: Truly clear why you were together. And mm-hmm. as a couple and as parents you're faced with this news. What was your immediate thought regarding your children? Because I know the immediate thoughts of one another. You know the situation, ALS is a terminal illness. And as parents, you know, we want to protect obviously our loved ones and each other, but also our children. What was your immediate thought
1: regarding them? Absolutely. I think you hit it on the head, protect. I wanted to protect them. I knew that this was going to rock their world. I knew this was going to be so devastating. They had never dealt with they've never dealt with tragedy. They've never even dealt with terrible news. So here we are, three of them are young teenagers and one's not even a teenager yet. And their best friend, their coach, their mentor, their father, the person they look up to, their hero is going to be taken away from them. Devastating. And I wanted to protect them. Initially, I wanted to control the situation. I did everything in my power to try to gain control back. I I was so fearful for me and my children to lose this part of our unit. It was so scary and so devastating. And of all the things that I worried about, losing my husband was never anything that even crossed my mind. Wow.
0: I can completely relate to that in every aspect. As you know, I'm the founder of Hope Loves Company, the only nonprofit in the United States that supports children who either have had or have loved ones with ALS. And that was a result of of losing my husband, Kevin, and thinking about the children. And as you do every single day, I think about children um, in all capacities, but especially in the world of ALS. And so my heart goes out to you and your boys. Thank you. I know that they're going to be just great with you as a mother and with the influences of their father and memories, they're going to be just perfectly fine. There's no doubt. And I appreciate you sharing so honestly, because I know this, is, this can be a tough topic, but what I would like you to also share with us, because it's something that I had enormous challenges with. When you're a widow, and especially a widow at a younger age, I was 35 years old, and... People, A, typically don't know how to even approach the subject or prepare for it. And as you so beautifully said, that was the last thing you were worrying about. That was the last thing you thought you would ever be. I mean, no one expects news of ALS or terminal illness. At least not sometimes we you know we think, well, if we're 70 or 80 or you know, we're older, but to get a diagnosis like that in the prime of your life and in the happiest time in your life is is beyond devastating. So what would you what advice would you share? And maybe this is a two-part question. Did you ever and do you ever look at yourself as a widow? Because this is part of the resilience, right? And hope. And what would you advise someone who is entering that
1: space? Mm. You know, it's interesting. I remember when I first had to check off the widow box, I was at my gynecologist only a few months after Kevin had passed away and I wasn't prepared for it. I wasn't even thinking about the questions that might be on this form, and I had to check the widow box, and it took me back. It was one of the first that I didn't think about. You think about so many firsts, right? The first birthday, the first anniversary of their their death, the first anniversary of your wedding anniversary. I didn't think about some of the first checking the widow box. And I remember thinking to myself how cold it felt and how empty and how I I wanted to write this little message instead of checking the cold widow box. that said, my husband, beautiful husband, is no longer here, but his soul, his energy surrounds me every day. And I honor him with every breath I take. That's what I wanted to write in that cold widow box. But I had to check it. And it took me back. It was something I just didn't think about or prepared for mentally. And I think that if I were giving someone advice that was a new widow, I would tell them to take it one step at a time. I would tell them to be very kind and compassionate with themselves. I would tell them that the only way out of the pain is through the pain. And to be okay with feeling your feelings and allowing your feelings you know i have days that sadness still comes to visit and i sit with it and i feel it and i allow it i don't let it move in (laughs) that's my one rule you can come and visit but you're not moving in don't bring your bags. (laughs) don't get comfortable don't get too comfortable (laughs) right i think that for me i allow I don't let myself overstay a pity party, but I allow. And in the beginning stages, you just have to take it one step at a time and not expect so much from yourself and just sort of take in what's coming and accept it. And like I said, feel it and really listen to what it's trying to tell you. Well, you
0: just said so many valuable things. I know where my quote is going to be placed when we share this podcast. I want to, to recognize the idea of, yes, just acknowledge, allow grief, let it be present, and then watch it float away. As, and, and you know it's going to come back at times, especially those holidays and anniversaries. And when your children, are, we, we are now having two of our children get married. And I feel great. Oh, <laughs> Thank you. That's I feel exciting. grief for both, both daughters yeah. who have lost a parent, Nora and sure. Alina. I'm in tears just thinking of it, but that's just so eloquently said. And I think you have a book title there. Check. <gasps> Seriously, check the widow box <gasps> <gasps> because don't you, I remember that time also and I, and I also wanted, is there an addendum to this? Like, can I just say who he was? and really Mm -hmm. write about it, just check it just is, is so impersonal and cold. And I think that's a great book title. Yeah,
1: thank you. Yes. we
0: will have to jot that down. Jot it down and think about it. Think about that. And great advice. You mentioned being gentle with yourself, being kind with yourself. And I know from looking at Mindful Journey and your work, hearing you on Rise, visiting your website that you also work with self-love you do vision boards you can you tell us a little bit about that and and perhaps a suggestion for practicing that
1: Mm, sure self-love we talk a lot about self-love about bubble bath ladies night with wine and good food massages i love all that and it's really important but I think we have to see that as sort of the second step. And the first step is really creating a beautiful internal home. And I believe that when we can really create a beautiful internal home, it transforms our external world. And it mean really paying attention to that inner judge, that self-talk, really being, really talking to ourselves kindly, really being patient with ourselves, really listening what our body and our feelings are trying to tell us, really getting to know who we are and really setting the standards of how we value ourselves and setting the standards of our relationship with ourselves so high that we expect the same from the relationship outside of ourselves. I think our relationship with ourselves is so important. And I really think it sets the standards for those relationships that we have with other people. So really paying attention to that little saboteur, that little inner judge, that inner critic that, you know, tries to keep us small, that tells us we can't, that tells us we're not smart enough. Who do we think we are that we can do that? We need to quiet that voice down. We need to have more compassion and more love and more understanding with how we speak to ourselves and how we treat her. That is such a perfect suggestion
0: for a understanding gratitude. Right? Mm-hmm. Gratitude of ourselves first, self-love. Yeah. Appreciation for who we are, our needs and the ability to expand that. So once we have that understanding of who we are and self-love, then we can only pass it on and give it out freely and support
1: others hmm yes, yes, right. Coming from a place of love and gratitude. And that's where joy lives. That's where peace lives. I think so often we're like hamsters on a hamster wheel running around trying to gain control and trying to sort of gain control of everything outside of us when really we have so much power within and when we just really work on that internal home and creating the beauty of that, it transforms our external world automatically. Well, I think that we need to take this
0: discussion as two people who have been widowed and who are determined to spread this message. I think we need to take it to the public and and work together as we are here and perhaps in other formats as well. I... Truly appreciate everything that you have to offer. Your wisdom is timeless. And I think that many people will be inspired to do some self-reflection and and work on self-love from this conversation. So thank you for that. I hope so. You are welcome.
1: I hope so.
0: So would you help us to close with a We're talking here about gratitude to latitude. And obviously you live what you speak. I am a big um, fan of mantras and quotes. I always have been from the time I was little. You know, there's so much noise in this world that I need to take a moment to focus on my breathing and the words that I'm speaking and the words that I'm consuming to fuel my passion. Do you have mantras or, or a quote that you can close us with for our episode today
1: to share with others? Sure. I, you know, one of my favorite quotes about gratitude is actually from Tony Robbins, and it's trade your expectation for appreciation and your whole world will change in an instant. And I just think it's so powerful because I think there's so many things in our life that we just expect that we take for granted. And I think when we can really appreciate them, it's a game changer. I, I think that how we, you know, our sense of joy, again, in just not taking them for granted, but truly Appreciating them, the fact that we have them in our lives and recognizing that they could be taken away or other people don't have those things in our life. I think it's really always our choice. I believe, Jody, to look at my situation as having had 23 years with a man that I truly adored and who truly loved me so much, who gave me four gorgeous, beautiful, kind, compassionate boys. And who's able to father them for 17 years of their life and 15 years for my youngest son. I'm grateful for that. But that's how I choose to look at it. I don't choose to look at it that I lost someone I love, although I had to grieve through that. But I choose daily to appreciate and be grateful for having him in our lives.
0: I just posted something yesterday and thank you for the Tony Robbins quote that's powerful about life is really about our choices. We choose, we choose everything. And when we understand that we have choices, even in the most difficult times, it's a powerful lesson to learn. That is something that I personally have had to work on. And then I've Mm -hmm. grown, you know, at 55 now, I'm I'm really Mm -hmm. truly understanding that concept because it it does take a certain level of introspection and
1: gratitude, of course, and patience
0: and understanding. So
1: I think- Absolutely. If I can just add to a principle that I lived by during Kevin's illness, and it was each moment describes who you are and gives you the opportunity to decide if that's who you want to be. And during Kevin's illness, I lived by that principle. I knew who I was when life was beautiful. I was a good wife and a, a good friend, a good mother, a good sister, a good daughter. Who was I going to be when life was at rock bottom? I got to choose that. I, every day, every moment, I had the opportunity to, to decide who I was going to be and if, that, if that's who I wanted to be. And that really helped me. It really helped me a lot, really making that intentionally making that choice it not only chooses for you
0: but it chooses for everyone that's a choice you made for everyone around you that sets the stage for your children to learn that sets the stage for anyone who meets you to learn from you and and i applaud you and commend you for taking that stand and for choosing to live in joy even though it's not always fun. It's not always happy. And ALS is definitely something that brings a lot of sadness, but you have obviously been a true uh, story of resilience and, and hope. And I thank you for being here with me today and for sharing. If anyone wants to get in touch with you, I know they will. (laughs) <laughs> Just give some information so that they can follow you and learn more about Larice
1: Duffy. Sure. Thank you. So on Instagram, amindfuljourney.ld. On Facebook, I have a Facebook page, Amindful journey. Both of those places I post usually about two to three times a day inspirational quotes, sometimes little stories that I share. And my website is a ld.com. And I want to share the intention of positivity. The intention is daily positivity as I go on each day with my life. But that's not always the reality. And on the days that that, that can't be, again, I go back to I allow those feelings. And yes. that's really an important part. So it's not about just fake it till you make it. Right. You know, I always say, feel it till you heal it. So it's really important to pay attention because every day is not going to be a rah rah happy day that life is wonderful and beautiful. And when it's not, allow that, allow those
0: feelings. We are here talking about, as friends, talking about the journey of healing So I think it's a great reminder to others who are listening to be in touch and be supported with others who understand and know how you feel. Because while we are striving to utilize our challenges to become our better selves and to put joy into the world, we also recognize that grief is a very challenging emotion and people heal at their own pace and we hope that you find support anyone who's feeling grief support in their journey because that's the best way to you you have to get through it and it's the best way to heal that journey and whatever healing means to you absolutely find your tribe find your tribe. Well, you are (laughs) definitely a part of my tribe, Larise. Thank you so much for today. This has been an excellent conversation. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to Gratitude to Latitude, Stories of Resilience and Hope. My guest today has been Larise Duffy, and I know you are also in awe as I am. Thank you. This is WCN, the Whole Care Network.
1: You talk, we listen.